0: This is Dr. Rebecca May coming to you from Arcana Labs. And this is Road to Reno. Good morning. Today we have Dr. Kasi with us. Welcome.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here.
0: Thank you so much for coming. So I just wanna get started um, by asking you where you grew up.
1: Oh, so I actually grew up in a small town called Harrisburg, Arkansas, which is in the northeast corner of the state, actually about 30, 40 minutes from Memphis, Tennessee
0: oh okay so you're from arkansas originally
1: i am from arkansas you know interestingly arkansas is a culturally pretty different depending on the area the area that i'm from is actually a little bit different than here though Um, but yes i'm from arkansas although sometimes i just tell people i'm from from tennessee because it's a lot easier saying memphis than it is (laughs) harrisburg
0: (laughs) how far outside of memphis
1: about 30 to 40 minutes oh
0: okay yeah Where'd you go to college?
1: So I started college at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. So my mom actually works at the university. She still works at the university. Um, And so I started there and went for a couple of years. And then I decided that I wanted to do my undergrad in human nutrition, and they didn't offer that at ASU. So I transferred to the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville and finished the last few years there.
0: Um, so you transferred in your 3rd year then or yes. after your 2nd year?
1: Yeah, so after my 2nd year in the I guess just right at the beginning. Now, interestingly, when I was at ASU because I didn't have that major, I actually started as a vocal music major. And that's actually kind of how I paid for my school. You know, I was on full scholarship for a couple of years. But for those who have not done a music major, if you're a scholarship music major, you work very hard (laughs) in that major. And one of the reasons I wanted to get out of that was actually I did not have time to do pre-med and do music because it was so demanding.
0: So you were doing that on top of pre-med then. So did you know going into college that although you were interested in music, you wanted to do medicine?
1: Yes. Uh, I went into college with the idea that I was going to be a doctor. I had no idea the pathway or how you did that because no one in my family um, is medical at all. But that's what I I decided I wanted to do from the very beginning. But that was kind of the rub was when I started having to take all of the music classes plus all of the pre-med classes together. It just became too much
0: so so you knew you wanted to go into medicine so did they give you a little bit um like some guidance there and did you did you go straight through
1: i did so i'm one of those weird rare people that i i went i guess i guess the only thing that was a little bit off was I did do, instead of eight semesters, I did nine semesters. Mm -hmm. So I graduated off-cycle, and that just had to do with the music major. Although I think when I graduated, I graduated, instead of your 212 hours, I graduated with over 300 hours. Wow. Just because of all the additional stuff I had been taking that, you know, didn't apply to the new degree program when I switched.
0: So so, um, so you had like a six-month gap then? I
1: did. I did. So I, I had a six-month gap. And I just, like I said, I went straight through, applied to med school, got in, came to med school, and then just went, you know, interestingly, went from Fayetteville, then to Little Rock and started at Little Rock at UAMS for med school.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah.
1: So I've done everything in Arkansas, which I'm very happy that with the course and the way things have worked, sometimes I see other people who have gone to many different places, and I feel like that is potentially a missed opportunity, although I'm not sure I'd be any happier had I done. The, had gone somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you were here for medical school and then you stayed for residency?
1: I did. So, you know, I had a very interesting kind of a first exposure to pathology. So pathology was not on my radar. I had never heard of a pathologist when I started med school. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about pathology, but I was actually on my very first um, third year clerkship in internal medicine And I was on an incredibly busy service, incredibly busy ward. It was actually a wonderful clerkship, that one, though. I really enjoyed it. But it was just, it felt chaotic. You Mm -hmm. know, I I guess if you go to wards for the first time, they always just feel so chaotic because you don't know what's happening. And I remember at one point they had done a bedside procedure and had a specimen, and they sent me down to pathology with the specimen. And I went down, and it was utterly quiet. Of course, you know, it's in the basement of the hospital where all pathology departments (laughs) tend to be. And it was just utterly quiet. Um, And so I actually handed off the specimen, but there was a pathologist that was sitting there. I got to talk for a few minutes and they were just really kind. And I I remember asking them just, oh, well, you know, what do y'all do in pathology? And they talked to me maybe for three or four minutes. And that was kind of the nidus, I guess, of where I started to learn what pathology was. And from that point on, I just started asking more questions and learning more about it.
0: By the time that you came around to apply for residency, were you pretty set on pathology?
1: I was. I remember Bruce Moeller, um, in pathology when I was doing my I guess my elective rounds in fourth mm-hmm. year. He sat down with me um, and, and talked about choosing pathology, and I thought that what he said was really astute. You know, he had, he talked about the relationship that you have with a patient, and all the grad, you know how gratifying that is, and how much it kind of fulfills you for doing the work of a doctor. You know, one of the things that he mentioned was if you go into pathology, you have to be willing to give that up. He's like, you know, you help people, but you're never going to get that contact where a person sees you helping them, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was one of the things that I really liked. I enjoyed patients. I enjoyed clinical medicine, you know, and I struggled a little bit with giving that up. But in the end, I decided that I was only going to apply to pathology programs because that's really where my heart was.
0: So you were APCP or did you do AP only?
1: So I did APCP. I did both.
0: So when did you discover renal path?
1: So this is actually something that I was incredibly lucky. So, Nariman Gokhtin is a urologic and renal pathologist at UAMS. And my first year of residency, and not very far into my first year, maybe just three or four months, you know, I, I was one of the lucky ones that got to do Surge Path as my very first rotation, right? Yeah. And she was the director of AP at the time. So, she had had, you know, I, I had done that. And I can't remember, I had had two rotations where i had quite a bit of exposure mm-hmm. to her. And so she just happened to ask me to have a meeting with her. And when I met with her, she just said, she said that she felt like a lot of the things that I had strength in were things that would be really good in a renal pathologist, and that if I was willing, that she would start showing me some cases and just mentor me a little bit and see if that might work for me, if renal pathology might be a good fit. Um, of course, I had no idea at that point. I had never even seen a medical renal biopsy. I had uh-huh. no idea what the field was, but Dr. Gochton was really the source of getting me into renal. You know, she started saving all of her cases. She would bring them by. We would discuss cases. I was horrible at first, you know, because I had no clinical knowledge of what was going on in nephrology, which is, you know, absolutely necessary <laughs> in renal pathology. So I was just terrible, but she had a lot of patients with me um, and she spent several years, Years helping to groom me and helping me find the opportunities that would work best for me.
0: Wow, so she really saw something in you from the very beginning.
1: I guess so. I don't know what it was because I don't <laughs> see it. But um, she, like I said, she really helped, you know, so many of the decisions that I had to make at that point, you know, throughout those four years, you know, were really difficult. And she really was very helpful with multiple of those decisions.
0: It's so wonderful to have such a nice mentor like that.
1: I know. I feel like, right from you know, the beginning, I am so lucky. You know, most of the people, you know, in renal pathology that I talk to, they just kind of happened upon it, you know, or they had to forge their own course. There's very few people that I talk to that from a very early level, like they had somebody that was, you know, taking an interest in them and looking out for them. And I am so grateful to Dr. Gockton for that.
0: So did you do any rotations here then during residency?
1: So that's one of the things that my program was so helpful in this aspect and that they really believed in if you found something that excited you, they wanted to help you get more exposure to that. And so Dr. Gochton worked um, with the chair to, in my first year, allow me to take a rotation at Arcana. Wow. You know, and now at that time, Arcana was, you know, still a a large place compared to most renal, you know, renal practices. But I think they had four physicians at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it was considerably smaller. But I remember my first rotation here, I was bumbling. I knew nothing. I'm sure they wondered, why did I get thrown this first year that knows nothing about (laughs) what they're doing? Um, But once I came to Arcana, that was probably what set it for me, Um, just for a lot of reasons. I think one of the things... People showed a lot of interest in me here. You know, when I came, people actually wanted to show me cases and talk with me. And I know that I know that that took a lot of their time and energy because I knew nothing. Right. When you show somebody something and they know absolutely nothing, it's a lot of work. But a lot of people put a lot of time into me. And I guess I came away feeling a little bit special. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it wasn't, it made me feel that way. And so I had a really positive first experience. And that's that set it for me. After my rotation at Arcana, I decided I wanted to do renal pathology. And I focused on that all the way through my residency. Um, I did two additional rotations in renal in my residency as well.
0: So how many months total during your residency? Was it three months?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was very lucky. So I had three months during my residency to do renal.
0: You started fellowship. um, Right. And at that time, it was a few years after you first
1: rotated here. It was. Was
0: there still uh, just four attendings?
1: No, so there was more at that point. Of course, I I did my fellowship with Dr. Ambers yes. as well, right? So yeah. um, we got into lots of trouble that year. But <laughs> shortly after we started, I believe Dr. Hinegar started around that time as well, and Dr. Bonsib started right around the time that we started as well. So we had several new people. So most of the people that you see here now, me, I mean, the majority of them, were here at that time even if they were starting right at the same time.
0: What's the area that you're most excited about in renal path?
1: I think there's a couple areas that I'm really excited about where the future is going. Uh-huh. And ones that they're not always ones that I'm excited to see a case about because they're difficult, <laughs> but they're fun. So one is actually transplant. Now, that gets to the second point which I do which is very exciting to me in renal and that is clinical trials. Um, And then the third area, and this is the one that I'm not as excited to see the biopsies because they're hard, <laughs> but I am excited about is the whole monoclon- monoclonal gammopathy of renal significance, yeah. you know, and so prognostically, I think that has the potential as that field evolves has the potential to have a big impact.
0: And Arcana is actually very involved in your second point, right, in clinical trial recruitment and yes. involvement of patients and
1: in, in these national trials. We are, you know, that's one of the things that I think initially, you know, when it first started happening, I cannot remember who it was. I think Dr. Walker, Pat, went to a meeting um, and came back and, and talked to the group kind of about this and how they were struggling. I think he was on one of the groups that was trying to figure out how to get patients into one of these trials and was talking about how everybody was struggling. And, you know, it made a lot of sense when you just looked at it and said, well, as we're the source of the diagnosis, why aren't we the ones trying to help get people enrolled in clinical trials or at a minimum letting people know that a clinical trial exists that Mm -hmm. they might be applicable for, right? And so that's when all of it started at Arcana, and we started trying to – you know, find pathways to that. And of course, now, as you know, we have numerous clinical trials that we're associated with that we're trying to help get patients involved with. You know, that's something that makes me feel very positive that we've done here. I think that there's a lot of patients that this potentially will help. And I know we're, we've been very careful about vetting what type of clinical trials that we try to help get people enrolled in as well to make sure that if we're asking or giving people an opportunity, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're doing due diligence to make sure that what we're giving them the opportunity for, we think has a, a good chance of success. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all very exciting stuff. Yeah. So you had been living in Little Rock for a while at this point. But you had also lived in several different parts of Arkansas. Right. So how do you like Little Rock?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think the first thing is Little Rock is very easy to live in. You know, Little Rock is large enough that it, you know, you have to remember, I came from a town of less than 2,000 people. Really? You know, so, it's yeah. So small. yeah. I mean, it's a very small place. You know, to me, Little Rock was a very big city. I know now that's not necessarily the case, but it seemed like a very big city to me when I came here. One of the things, though, is that Little Rock has all of the basic things that you would expect in any appropriate size city, right? But it doesn't have a lot of the detractions like terrible traffic or, you know, difficulty getting places or a lot of the stuff you have to deal with in larger cities just doesn't really exist here. So it was really easy. I mean, myself and my husband have called Little Rock home now for what? I mean, fifteen. 18 years wow. um, and it's just a very easy place to live at this point
0: what's your favorite thing to do in the city
1: one of the things that i don't do enough you know your favorite things are always the things you neglect the most yeah right? you know <laughs> so that we have a a little small mountain of course we call what we call mountains here you know people in colorado would laugh with disdain. <laughs> you know but we have a mountain called pinnacle mountain here and i have climbed it and walked the trails around it multiple times and that is one of the things that I love the most to do, Like, especially if you've had a really tough week or you feel kind of down. like The mountain, it's not a, it's not a hardcore climb or anything, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit scary, right? I mean, it's, it's tough. And so climbing up the mountain and getting to the top and you need to look over all of the city and all of the rural area around the city, it's just really nice. That's one of the things I love to do, but I don't do it enough. I should do that more.
0: So now it's time for some of our rapid-fire questions. Oh, no,
1: I'm going <laughs> to suck at these. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is a lot of fun. So how many cups of coffee do you drink daily? Oh,
1: if I do drink coffee, usually I drink a big Yeti full of coffee, so it's probably two cups at a setting. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, what was your first car?
1: Let me think. A 1981 Mercury Topaz. <laughs> So (laughs) the the air conditioning didn't work, and it didn't have a radio.
0: What color was it?
1: Like milk chocolate colored. (laughs) Ah, That was an ugly, ugly car.
0: How many hours of sleep do you get at night?
1: So usually about seven. What's your favorite way to make eggs? Okay, so because I'm lazy, I usually scramble them, but that's not my favorite way. Actually, I love a really good poached egg. Really? Yeah.
0: Right-handed or left-handed?
1: I'm your normal right-handed person.
0: Favorite movie?
1: So I think, although I probably wouldn't watch it much now, if I look back over life, probably Romeo and Juliet in the early 2000s was my favorite movie.
0: Uh, Talking or texting?
1: Oh, talking.
0: Favorite holiday?
1: Oh, Christmas. Yeah, I really like Christmas, Christmas.
0: If you were given the opportunity to fly into space, would you take it?
1: Like in a in a spacecraft, or like just shooting me out there? Because <laughs> you know it does make a difference.
0: <laughs> like in one of these things where like you can you can
1: go out as part of like SpaceX. Oh, or... absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'll probably be a letdown outside of the gravitylessness, mm-hmm. um, but it would definitely be something fun to do. Yeah.
0: Did you or do you prefer your 20s or your 30s?
1: Oh, 30s without question.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much spending some time with me this morning answering all these questions. It was wonderful to talk with you
1: for a little while. Oh, no problem. This has been fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.